What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. We've got a full house in this one. John and Toaster here as always. We've got intern Josh, and we also have intern Jeezy, aka Schmokey to Bear here, um, who will be helping us out intermittently throughout the season as well. So um, say hi, everybody. Let's get it, boys. Say hi. No, it's fine. You can say hi. Um, all right. So before we get into the games, as always, this Thursday episode is our picks and preview episode. We give you our primetime parlay um, for basically our picks against the spread for the three primetime games, including a bonus pick from each of myself and Toaster. And then we hit on some of the other games that intrigue us. But before we get to the games, um, the big news really in the NFL right now is the release of Odell Beckham Jr. So OBJ was not traded at the deadline by the Browns, but he is no longer a Brown. As of today, I believe, um, right, technically as of today, he has cleared waivers and he is a free agent. Um, he is he's, apparently... Well, he's got to get at least the veteran minimum. So he's not free, but like he's... Sure. Yeah, he's not. Well, he wouldn't be playing for free anyway, because I'm pretty sure the Browns are still paying him like four million or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, there's three teams that are vying for services or that he is interested in it, according to reports. That is the Packers, the Saints and the Chiefs. Although Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk has reported that the Packers are essentially offering the veteran minimum. Um, they're not really making a true effort. They just want it to look like they're trying to make an effort. Uh, as far as we understand, OBJ will not be accepting the veteran minimum. Um, I don't know. Maybe so that, they're playing into a strength. Like they're like, we can make you a legit number two receiver. I mean, Devonte Adams, uh, in his press conference today made the comment that he had one catch for six yards last week. So uh, they can get him in and at least get him to two catches for 12 yards, I think next week. Um, so yeah, he would be going in as the number two, which would honestly fit well. And I think he fits that scheme and what they ask those receivers to do. But if the Packers are only offering the veteran minimum, it doesn't sound like that is an option for him. Now that leaves the saints and the chiefs, as far as the other reported teams here, um, to me, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer. You've got Patrick Mahomes and you've got Trevor Simeon. Uh, I don't really see how this is tough, but uh, you know, w- what do you think about that, Toaster? I, well, I think the issue for him is that he wants to rebuild his value for the most part out of this. Um, the reason the Packers can offer the vet minimum is just what you said. The Browns still are going to pay him money. So is it really about the money? It's kind of like the Le'Veon Bell release uh, last year where ultimately he picked the Chiefs and still got he still got paid. Uh, the problem is that he's probably not going to rebuild his value as well on the Packers as he will on some other teams. And the Saints are the only place that he can go and be a true number one option. I feel the the struggle I have with the Chiefs is that they haven't been able to incorporate Josh Gordon, who is another yeah. super athletic freak by all accounts, picked up the playbook very quickly. And I, yes, the Chiefs free ball a lot, but that hasn't been effective this year. So I, I actually think the Saints might be his best option to rebuild his value long term. He's from Louisiana and can go back home. And Michael Thomas is a question mark for that team. So maybe this is the transition from Michael Thomas to Odell Beckham Jr. as the number one wide receiver for the Saints. Yeah, and he is a free agent after this year, correct? So correct. Um, regardless of how these remaining nine, 
or nine, these remaining however many games. I the 17th game still fucks me up. Um he's he's going to have his pick in the offseason, right? So um it may not matter too much. And I, I don't think if he goes to the Saints and his numbers are bad because Trevor Simeon can't get him the ball, that that's necessarily going to hurt his value too much right. in the offseason. So but maybe if that he is goes a viable to the Chiefs option. and they don't make the playoffs. I think that that hurts his value a lot more. And yeah. going and playing number two to Devonta Adams might hurt his value just as much. It could. Yeah. I, all right. Well, we will we'll track that as it goes. It sounds like it's going to be at least a few days uh, based on the most recent reports. It's nothing that's going to get him in a building on the field for week 10. So, um, so rule yeah. out the Patriots because that would have been the perfect revenge game. Uh, that would have been pretty sick. Um, and apparently, I mean, there's reports too that the Patriots are pushing hard. And that, well, that and that might be the exact problem with why OBJ is not there is that there's reports that the Patriots showed interest, and there's been right. multiple free agents where there's been leaks that the Patriots showed interest, and that's all it took for the Patriots to back off. We don't yeah. try this. There's a Patriot way, and leaking about our inside stuff is not the way to endear yourself to Bill Belichick in that organization. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll close the book on Odell Beckham Jr. for now, and we will get to our picks. So starting with the Thursday night game, we've got the Ravens minus seven and a half at the Dolphins. Toaster, you lead us off this week. Who you got? This week's so tough because there's so many question marks. If Tua was was starting, I'd be all over the Ravens. Um, I still <laughs> think I'm all over the Ravens. They've been one and five against the spread as favorites, but they haven't played Miami every week. The Dolphins played like shit against the Texans last week. It was a one possession game against one of the worst organizations, probably in the history of the NFL. If you look at it since the free agency era, I, I've got to think that the Ravens can do enough to cover a touchdown plus a point against the Dolphins. Okay. So you are on the Ravens. I am as well, but I don't feel great about it. Um, the seven and a half, that half is really, I think what's hanging me up a little bit. Like the Ravens are so tough to peg for me and they're almost like the Superman to the Eagles bizarro superman like they're the same team like right. you look at what they do well what they rely on and really where they rank in a lot of offensive and defensive categories they're very very similar and you go through their records and their matchups all year and i mean nothing, the ravens nothing makes sense yep. like they barely beat the, one, the lions well, because justin tucker hits a you know record yard field goal, goal. Yep. And then, and then they, they blow go out. out the Chargers. Exactly. Exactly. So I have zero clue about the Ravens. Um, you know, the things that I guess stand out to me here, Baltimore does have the second best rushing offense per DVOA. Miami's rushing D is 18th. Um, and they're also 22nd against the pass. And the Ravens have been throwing the ball a lot more effectively as of late. I think the Ravens win for sure. And I don't think it's relatively close, but that half point, it worries me. That being almost, said, I'm on the Ravens as well. It's almost like Vegas is in your head. Yeah. No, I, I'm yeah. the same way. I just, on a short week, 
I've go down to coaching and Brian Flores is on the way out of that organization and Harbaugh has proven himself to be, you know, he was on, he was on the hot seat two years ago and completely turned it around. I'm going to trust them to be able to get it done. They do play down to their competition at times or just don't show up for the first half and then have to play superhero in the second half. I just don't think that's going to be that difficult to play superhero in the second half against the Miami Dolphins. Josh, tell us why we're wrong. Uh, you guys kind of covered it, but they let teams that stick around that shouldn't stick around. And I also think going into overtime, the Vikings last week, they've had stretches of teams where it's just like they've been kind of not scraping by, but games have been closer. And I think this is one of those games where yeah. it could get snuck up on them a little bit. And so I, I got the I got Dolphins covering seven and a half. I think there's I don't think they're going to win because the Dolphins are rough but i think they keep it close being on that short week and being uh having the ravens coming off a longer game a longer overtime game from last week and maybe less coaching is actually what the dolphins need right it's <laughs> like when we talked about this with urban meyer when you had too much time to game plan you're a shittier team so playing on yeah. a short week I, I don't think either of us are overly confident about this pick but it's hard to pick against the ravens with how much more talent is on that roster than on the dolphins roster currently yeah, definitely. Okay. So we are both on the Ravens. Josh likes the Dolphins. Um, let's move on to the Sunday night game. So the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this one, I believe I start us off on this one, but I don't necessarily think this is a get right game for the Chiefs. Um, but with this being less than a field goal, I, I feel confident enough that they can cover this. I mean, what have, what have teams been doing to be successful against the Chiefs and suppress that offense all year? They've been playing a shit ton of cover two. They haven't been coming after the, uh, Patrick Mahomes at all. They've been forcing them to find holes in the defense. The Raiders play cover three 61% of their defensive snaps. And while you'll expect them to play probably a little more cover two in this matchup, you know, I don't think that they necessarily have the personnel or the staff to transition fully to a scheme that they don't run frequently and be successful at it. I think the Raven, the Raiders will try to essentially force their, their way with their scheme against this chief's offense. And I don't think it's going to be effective. Um, I'm I'm really surprised that this is two and a half, to be honest. And I and I know the Chiefs have been bad and we've been down on them, but given everything um that's happened with the Raiders and there's just still so much uncertainty, I I think the Chiefs will get it right enough. And you know, a three-point win seems completely reasonable to me. Um, so I'm on the chiefs minus two and a half. This is again, a tough one because I've been baited into the chiefs week after week after week. And this is the 10th week in a row that they've been favorites and they're just barely above 500. I I've got to go with the Raiders right now. I think that they're the better team. I don't think that what we saw against the giants last week was an aberration by, by any means. Um, we've got some turnovers that if they don't happen against the Chiefs, they probably win that game. Um, they've been, I mean, the, 
and the everything you could throw at the, at the Raiders has happened this year. I mean, I can't think of a hypothetical situation where something crazier could happen to the Chiefs or to the Raiders than has already yeah. happened. Um, but um, thank you, intern Josh, for helping me out here. Chiefs are only covering 22% of the games right now. And well, let's make the math easy. They're two and seven for anyone that, yeah, 22%. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think that the I think that the Raiders have a strong enough offense to get the job done, and I've been impressed by their defense, quite frankly, um, over the over the season so far. I, I I'm going to lean Raiders again, not as confident as I as I would like to be, especially with everything um, that I've seen against the Chiefs. I just don't think that last week was a get right game. If you can't put a that's two what two of the last three weeks that they haven't scored in the second half, or they scored three points total in two yeah. of those games that they can, the Raiders can, as long as they're competitive going into halftime, get a game plan going that can be effective enough in the second half to give Derek Carr, who is again on, he's never in the MVP talks, but he's always got stats that should keep him in the conversation. Yeah. I think that he can get this done and they got just Sean Jackson now, right? I mean, what is this? 2012? Let's, let's do this. Let's go. The guy can still run, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the Raiders offense here is going to be what freaks me out a little bit about if I'm picking the chiefs. Um, We know the chiefs defense is terrible. They've like you said, haven't been impressive in either of their last two wins. For me, it just really comes down to scheme and, and matchup. And I think that the chiefs can cover that, you know, with less than a field goal is really, if this was three, maybe I'm with you, right? But that two and a half number, we'll see how this line moves potentially as we get closer to Sunday here. As, but, we, um, as we each place our $1,000 bets on opposite sides of the line. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. But if right. you are listening to the pod and this line is at three uh, or more, you know, maybe that's that's what swings you here. So, cool. all right, I'm on so, the Chiefs. You're on the Raiders. Raiders targeting Sorensen. And then J-Rob with the tie break. I'm tired of getting skull fucked by the Chiefs not covering, so I'm having the Ravers, Raiders cover plus two and a half. It, I've, okay. I'm over the Chiefs this year. Their defense is so bad that I do not trust them to cover anything to save their life. Well, they they haven't covered pretty much anything on the field either. Dude, they've been so, such yeah. a shoe in being like, oh, this is an easy like add, add leg to parlay, and then just, yeah, I'm over it. Not betting them to cover on anything anymore. It, once you took away the explosive plays, made Patrick Mahomes sit back and actually try to not necessarily think of the pocket, but make a little bit more of a decision on each and every pass. I think it's getting in his head a little bit that it's not just a wide open Tyreek Hill down the field. It's not a Tyreek Kelsey that's just overpowering everybody. And the other thing that we probably didn't hit on in this is the drops. I mean, they have they that would be the one thing that probably keeps me in line for the Chiefs is that. Kelsey's had some drops. Tyreek Hill's had some drops. Um, some of Tyreek Hill's drops have led to interceptions that were un- unfortunate for them. But I, I just don't see them. I don't see them getting right quite yet. And I said in my preseason pod that uh, the Raiders are always a tough matchup for them, and I'm going to stick with that at home. All right. All right. Let's move on to the Monday night matchup: the Rams at the 49ers. Rams are four point favorites in this one. Um, I believe I start us off on this one as well. So the 49ers have lost eight straight games at home. 
Okay, they're absolutely reeling right now. Um, we just saw them be unable to stop Colt McCoy and a Cardinals offense that did not have um, DeAndre Hopkins or A.J. Green. And the Rams have the number three passing offense in the NFL per DVOA. San Francisco, conversely, is the 25th ranked passing defense. I think the Ram- so the Rams, the last time they lost, they bounced back and ran off four straight wins. And I think they'll be able to right the ship against the 49ers. I think Josh a couple weeks ago called the 49ers frauds. And um, I wholly agree with that. Um, the one thing I think that that keeps me here is when you're talking like narratives, right? And all that, throw all the stats aside, Kyle Shanahan is absolutely coaching for his job right now. At least that's, it feels that way. Um, the, the outside noise is making it feel that way. And, um, I just, I don't know. It's a division game that scares me a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think the Rams offense and the Rams passing offense specifically is just going to be too much. So I'm taking the Rams minus four. You left out. They also essentially lost Chase Edmonds to start the game. So not that James yeah. Connors, the worst number two back in the league, but uh, to be down your number one quarterback, your number one wide receiver and your number one running back and still win by what, 14? Um, yeah. That doesn't speak well to... Uh, the 49ers defense and quite frankly i'm not gonna give any more on this because i want to see j rob's defense of the fraud 49ers i'm taking the rams <laughs> you why really gotta somebody... you really gotta do me dirty like that don't you <laughs> yep why should somebody take the niners josh oh my god should i tell the pod like the listeners that i'm lying to them right now um <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think it is. It, I think it's ego at this point. It's a division game. Uh, like the Niners are truly, truly, truly fucked if they lose this game. Like I think you're out. You're. I think they're already out. But I think in the locker room, if you lose this game, you kind of look around and be like, "Well, guys, like, hope you guys are on the roster next year." Um, yeah. We're <laughs> otherwise we're that like, capital for that. You know, higher number two, second round draft pick. Yeah, and like yeah. you're looking at Trey Lance being like, "Hey, bud, I hope you're the deal," because you're going to be having a thin roster next year, a new roster. And so I think it's going to be a put up or shut up game for the Niners division game. Maybe their pass rush can get to Matt Stafford and maybe make him look like he looked like last week. Uh, But I think Vase is a smart enough guy that he's going to make him move around. Uh, It's okay, Josh. We don't have to do that. (laughs) I'll take the Niners to cover. You can take, you can take, you can take the Ram. It's okay. I, I believe, I believe that there's a possibility. That they could well, somebody somebody believes there's a possibility because if you were to ask me blind what I thought this line would have been going oh, into the I week, it would, be it would not have been four, four points. Yeah, right? I, and that's I would have thought like, seven and a half or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, do Stafford, we know who's have they announced? Stafford does starters? have that ankle injury. Like is, is Trey still out? Like, have they announced a starter on the Niners side? They're rolling with Jimmy. I, I okay. th- I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan said that he's rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for the foreseeable future. So um, here's one thing for Niners people that want to bet on the Niners. Jeff Wilson is going to be back this week. Um, their running game has been pretty abysmal, even though they've had a running back by Jeff committee Wilson situation. Senior Jeff Wilson Jr. Junior. Okay, that's better. Junior. I wasn't sure if they're. I mean, I, you <laughs> never know with that with that uh, front office who they're bringing in. Yeah. Right. Um, he's going to be back. He 
you know, it's a maybe, but he could be maybe like that spark that you don't have a game plan for him. You're not really, you know, tuned up for him and he comes in fresh and does something. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, is Von Miller going to play? Yeah, he'll be I, activated. No, I doubt he doesn't play this game. Yeah, the divisional games are always are always scary. I try to stay away from them. Um, obviously, I couldn't do that with KC Vegas either. Um, but it does go into my bonus pick as to why I'm shying away from Buffalo and the Jets because I think that this is uh, we talked about a get right game for um, the K- Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is a let's just stop the narrative. For the for the bills this week and they just want to destroy the jets and mike white and i think a big reason mike white is playing is because there's no there's no downside to him playing right if no. they absolutely get shit stomped okay sweet that's why we have this number two draft pick overall um and wilson and if he if he keeps going strong then we say hey look we still have that number two pick in wilson and our team's competitive. But anyways, to my pick, I got to go. There's really not many options. Can we just throw that out there right now like with these <laughs> spreads? I mean, I, I did the math on trying to do just a money line wager on the favorites, and I think I was going to make like $7 on a $5 bet because the, the spreads are so awful um, if you go yeah. money line. Um, so if we're going against the spread, I'm going the GOAT over Taylor Heineke with, what is it, nine and a half now? Nine and a half points for the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, They beat they beat them by eight in the playoffs last year, and that was on a tremendous effort by by Heineke, and that was with a much different defense than what we've seen from the Washington Football Team this year. Uh, The Bucks are coming off a bye. Uh, They might be down Antonio Brown. They're likely down Antonio Brown. They might be down Chris Godwin. They are definitely down Rob Gronkowski. I still think that there's enough offensive firepower in that offense to take on. The Washington football team, who's basically just been obliterated. I think they've got two games where they were not blown out by more than seven points, but they just they look like a shell of themselves at this point. And I don't know. I really don't know what they're fighting for at this point. Yeah, I mean, the the Cowboys appear to have a stranglehold on the NFC East. And I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles have remained competitive. I don't know what. Yeah, like you said, really what firepower does Washington football team have? Like at what matchup, you know, you look at run defense versus rushing offense and back and forth down the line with this matchup. What, where does Washington have any sort of advantage? They don't, or even I any mean, competitiveness, quite frankly. Right. I mean, you, you look at, I suppose like a chase young and, and that front that a lot of people put a lot of stock in going into the year. They haven't necessarily followed through on that. I'm not worried about them getting to Tom Brady. Brady's a guy that no matter who you're facing on the other side, you're not worried about him taking sacks. He's going to get the ball out. So, yeah, I don't I don't really know what like it's nine and a half, which is a lot of points, you know, don't get me but, wrong, but still under 10. And that's pretty yeah. much my threshold for feeling comfortable in taking yeah. a, a heavy favorite. Um because once it gets to 10 and a half, then then you're talking a different story. But I just Washington football team hasn't had anything on the offensive side. And I think that this is a borderline revenge game because the Washington football team played them the closest in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Losing losing by or winning by eight to the Washington football team was the closest game in the playoffs for the Bucks last year. Yeah. And we we know how much Brady 
And a lot of those greats like to find that bulletin board material wherever they can, right? They, they look for things to motivate them. The fact that Taylor Heineke even gave them a fight last year is for sure going to motivate Brady. And I'm sure it'll motivate Bruce Arians too. So um, I, I like that pick uh, of all the games with the really high spreads. I, I definitely like that one as well. All right. Um, my bonus pick this week this was hard for me, but I am taking the Titans minus three at home against the New Orleans Saints. Um, Titans are seven and two against the spread. Thank you. Thank you, Smokey. Uh, they're including three and one at home and they're rolling, right? Like they're, I think people are finally starting to come around on this idea that the Titans can be competitive even without Derrick Henry here. We saw what they did last week and for me, it's really about Trevor Simeon and it's about Alvin Kamara might be out and you factor all that in and it's a three point spread as yeah, of right with, now with Kamara. That's out, just that's a ridiculous spread. Totally. Like that just, it's not enough for me here. I mean, the, the one thing that I would lean towards if Kamara was playing and he, he might, but it sounds like probably not is New Orleans has the top rushing defense per DVOA. Obviously, we know the Titans want to run the ball. Even if, like last week, they're not necessarily successful, it does help them. They, they, they want to stay honest. They want to stay balanced. And if the Saints can shut down their run game, it gives them a shot. I just see no way that a Trevor Simeon-led offense without Alvin Kamara is going to be able to stop or or be able to score against the Titans defense here enough to, to really scare them. Like it's, I don't, I don't understand it. Like this is, this was a line that I looked at and I'm like, what? Like and, three points. And those are the ones that scare me. Cause I'm like, what don't I know? <laughs> and know? Taylor Lewan's expected to be playing for the Titans again this week too. So like their O line is going to be getting better too. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I am uh, on the Titans uh, minus three against the Saints. I mean, it, it, am I missing something here? Like, it, it's just wild to me that this is so low. No, I mean, I think everything that you've stated is, is a valid point. They're just such a volatile team to me. And I don't know that the Titan. I think the Titans had had, have had a little bit of luck in their volatility as well. Um, they put up, was it 26 or 28 points last week? I think it was 28. And like we said, two of those were on a pick six, two of those touchdowns were on a pick six and then getting the ball inside the 10 yard line. So other than that, they only scored 14 points on offense and one of those touchdowns yeah. came late. So I, I'm, I haven't seen it proven without Derrick Henry, um, even though they have one of the greatest backs in the history of the NFL now in Adrian Peterson, right? Everybody, everybody uh, picks up after their age 35 season um, at the running back position. It's that 30 to 35 time frame that's so tough for everybody to succeed. But, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, a, exactly. there's, there's just a little dip in production. Um, I just, I would stay away from this game just because I, I can't trust either team right now. But if I were to bet, I, I think I'd have to give it to you, John, and say that three points, if Kamara's out, then, I mean, this isn't even a discussion, quite frankly. That's, that's yeah. the offense. That's what they have left. Yep. For sure. I mean, obviously we've seen this last week has shown us that anything can fucking happen in the NFL. But I think when you, you add up everything there, um, it just, it'd be hard for me 
to take the Saints betting on anything other than something crazy happening, right? So, all right. Like a um, well, that muff, like a muff punt in the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> yeah, or exactly. A, a God, crazy taunting it. call, or <laughs> or like um, an early pi that like goes uncalled. But I don't think that's happened before. A couple miss roughing the passers, a 65-yard field goal attempt. Like, just crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, weird, weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anybody that is not tracking, I was on track to hit the parlay two weeks in a row, and then madness ensued in the fourth quarter of the Bears and uh, Steelers game, and the Bears ended up covering, unfortunately for me. Were you um, ultimately rooting for the parlay or the bears victory. I was, I was rooting for the parlay actually (laughs) (laughs) when like, I forget at what point it was. I was like, okay, like Justin's balling. I'm cool with the loss. Like, let's just lose by seven. (laughs) Like it was a great audition. You look great for next year. Like let's get this money in the pocket, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That fumble, that uh, fumble punt was just, brutal if you had the Steelers in that game. So anyway. Also uh, was right. watching Big Ben, quite frankly, even though he mounted somewhat of an attack to bring them back in and you know ultimately well, busted coverage middle of the field. Yeah. Um, we could have made that throw. Yeah. I just I loved watching him run out on the field every time because I was just like I was leaning over to my fiance. I'm like, babe, that's an athlete. It doesn't look like one, but that's an athlete. When he face planted, when he was trying to get that um, that third down late in the game, and he oh, got God. like two inches, yeah, <laughs> and was short. Yeah, he's toast, spread. He did. He did make a comment like, "Oh yeah, the Bears left me too much time." Like, okay, bro, you're not fucking Tom Brady. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, all right, so that'll do it for our bonus picks this week. Um, Let's get going to just general week 10 storylines. Um, I will give you the floor here, Toaster. Are, what other games stand out to you here that um, one could be good games just from a viewing standpoint or two look to be some decent bets out on the table? Well, I think, I mean, if we go for the, uh, not necessarily good game, but entertainment value, I think you got to go the... 2021 chargers against the 2020 chargers um the minnesota vikings have basically like freaky friday um what the los angeles chargers have been for the last three years Uh, they can't close out close games they miss field goals poor coaching decisions like they finally got it got it right with brandon staley and i i trust that they're going to try to keep this close again because they've kept things close and they've kept things interesting there's been three overtime games you just can't trust them to close anything out and it's just the juxtaposition is absolutely fascinating to me um that the minnesota vikings could easily have what six wins i would say possibly seven and they they they, could yeah they're basically out of contention right now yeah I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel like if it let's say they were a six win team at this point, you wouldn't feel like they were a six win team, but they've been competitive towards the end of these games and had some things not bounce their way. Yeah, I'm with you like and the Chargers still just seem a little off, right? They they won last week, but it wasn't necessarily impressive. And 
yeah, they're they're almost the same like the Ravens and the Eagles. I said earlier, like bizarro versions of each other. These teams are like bizarro versions of yeah. each other as well. I mean, the, Vikings getting three points. Yeah, the Link's a hard place to play in fairness to the Chargers. But now they're on essentially what I would imagine is a road game because nobody's <laughs> been showing up to the Chargers stadium or the Rams stadium. I guess we might as well call it um, yeah. rooting for the Chargers. So it'll be interesting to see um, how many Viking fans are actually there for this one. Yeah, skull, skull, baby. Um, all right, yeah. It moving on to some of the other intriguing ones here. Um, I'm really looking at uh, so this Seahawks Packers game is really interesting to me because one, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Um, I mean, it's really a flip of the coin at this point, right? It's like okay, if he takes that test on Saturday and passes it, then he's in. But if he fails it, then he's out. And we won't know until that happens. So it's not like an injury where we can get a sense. I'm calling collusion. I think there's zero chance he fails that test. I think there is zero chance he fails that test. I can almost guarantee you he'll be there on Sunday. He got fined less than like players who do like way less egregious things like celebrations. And he's like violating COVID protocols. It's what 14 grand was the fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what I said is that, I mean, this is ultimately a union. So you need that progression of of basically punishments. You can't just jump straight into four game suspension because, look, you were flaunting this in our face for eight weeks. It's got to be like, okay, we do the first step and that's the fourteen thousand five hundred dollar fine. Then the second step, which is the double fine. And then ultimately after, you know, a progression of punishments, you get there. I'm can I'm kind of thinking he may not play because he wants to make a statement. He I, he seems legitimately ass hurt that people everyone know jumped on him. Yeah, that he's not vaccinated, and he might just say, "Well, then, fuck this. I don't I don't need this. I was ready to retire at the beginning of this year." So, guess mm-hmm. what, NFL, enjoy your Russell Wilson versus Jordan Love game because we saw how terrible that was. Yeah. Uh, what you affectionately or oh yeah sorry, sorry, sorry. Jump oh my ass. gosh what a slip of the tongue i used his nickname uh yeah jump ass <laughs> jump ass yeah and for seattle this is an intriguing one too because they they obviously get rust back and you look at the standings in the nfc and they're three and five right now you know in most scenarios you'd think okay they're done but that seventh seed in the NFC right now is the Atlanta Falcons who are at four and four. And you have to imagine that Russ is going to give them enough juice to at least push them in that nine, 10 win range by the end of the year. So uh, at least give them a shot at it. Right. And we know the 49ers, I, I think we're all in agreement that the 49ers are kind of on the downturn here. So if this gives the Seahawks enough juice, they go out, they beat the Packers with or without Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're they're squarely in the NFC playoff race again. And, you know, they're a dangerous team because of Russell Wilson. So I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how he looks coming back. Um, I don't know if, you know, there's a precedent or we have a precedent here as far as, um, you know, guys that get that injury and, when they come back, if, if there's any, you know, lingering effects, um, I'm not as familiar with it. Maybe some of our medical professionals here are, but it's, I would assume that Russ is going to come back and not really miss a beat. Right. 
No, I, I would imagine. There's the thing that scares me is that Green Bay defense is pretty damn good. So um they will still have a challenge, but if it's if it's jump ass at the helm, then this is nothing. And that's why I've got to stay away from this until quite frankly Saturday, potentially even Sunday morning, when I know what the what the roster is going to be for that. And I, I think it's a similar situation for me for Cleveland, New England, with Chubbs on the COVID list right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's a tough one to peg. I mean, you've been. I mean, it's not that I haven't been high on the Patriots. I I just haven't been overly impressed necessarily with them. They've they've found ways to win, which that's Bill Belichick for you, right? Um, Cleveland is the more talented team. And if Nick Chubb plays, I think you've called out several times this year, Toaster, that New England's run defense isn't necessarily anything to write home about. It's so not, it's not the Chargers, but it hasn't been impressive. It's been better the past couple of weeks, but it still leaves a lot to be desired. Right. And if Chubb's healthy and I mean, that's a guy that can single handedly wreck your defense if you don't you can't stop the run at all three levels so um or you can't tackle well at all three levels anyway so i think uh yeah this is another one that's you might want to wait and do we know when we might get word on chubb for this he is vaccinated so it could be any 48 hour period two consecutive two consecutive negative tests within um at least 24 hours apart okay okay um, so we, we could get it sooner rather than later, not necessarily like Aaron Rodgers, where we're waiting, uh, for that 10 day period to end. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately the Patriots are two point favorites. Let's say Nick Chubb plays here. Um, what, what does your gut tell you about this one? Uh, real quick, Baker and Miles Garrett are also dealing with foot injuries. I don't know if that's, are news, they, but are they healthy? On like, the are they expected to play anyway? They're expected to play, but they are on the injury report with foot injuries. Okay. My gut tells me Cleveland. My heart tells me Patriots. I think this is truly a toss up to me just with, again, how volatile the Cleveland Browns have been. I, I expect the yeah. Patriots to be disciplined, but I also don't know that they got, they might get Trent Brown back this week, but the pass protection that they had last week against the Panthers was abysmal. And with miles Garrett and that defensive line for assuming he's got two healthy feet or at least one healthy foot, um they can be all he needs he's not he's not a mobile quarterback right and that's been that's why he fell to 15 uh he just doesn't have that athleticism that a lot of people desire outside uh, uh, to extend plays at this point so i this is a pick em for me i don't feel strongly yeah. either way um like i said heart says patriots dick says uh cleveland dick says chubb yeah yep um <laughs> All right. Uh, another game that really intrigues me and the line might not uh, lead you to believe that, but the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas is coming off a loss They're, I mean, by all accounts, like it, they've hit a bit of a wall here. Um, Dak did not look great last week. And Matt Ryan is playing like one of the two or three best quarterbacks in all of football right now. And I know the Falcons have their problems, but a lot of times we see games come down to who is the better quarterback, right? And it, a lot of times, like, even if you have the better quarterback, you it doesn't mean you might win, like your surrounding circumstances affect that obviously, but nine and a half points 
And if if Dallas comes out flat once again, I know it's the the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about here, but I'm just I'm trusting in the guy that is hot right now in Matt Ryan. Um, this one intrigues me. He's so hot right now. He's so hot right. Matty Ice is hot right now. He's so hot he's melting. And hot, I hot. I think <laughs> I think the Falcons at nine and a half are an intriguing bet here. Um, and maybe you, it's recency bias, but that. Are you feeling a covered cover dog, Josh? Oh, I think that's the big dog cover of the uh, week. Uh, it's the put some, keep the respect on my name campaign for Matt Ryan. And <laughs> he's also now tied for sixth all time with fourth quarter comebacks. Like I feel like Atlanta's known for fucking up, but I mean, not saying he might win, but those comebacks show he can keep them in games. And yeah, I think Atlanta covers, and this might be the first talks that McCarthy should get the fuck out after this year. Not that people really think I, he's going to stay that. long, but I think this is going to be the game that puts a fire under his ass. I mean, I yeah. think we've been talking about that since he got hired, but yeah, probably. Well, the yeah, but I mean, like, as, you know, a, as a consensus where people are like, who Jerry the fuck Jones is this mouth breathing yeah. idiot doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll give you, we'll give you one more. Josh, uh, can the Broncos trust Teddy yet? Uh, this feels like a trap game. I know it's at Denver, but coming off a big win like that, I think that was a play for Vic type game that I think the Eagles end up covering. I think it's a game where Jalen Hurts ends up using his legs a lot and exploiting them in that regard and not necessarily making it a big scoring game, but I think he's going to keep that offense off the field and just make it tough on that defense. And so yeah. I have the Eagles covering plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of that game, quite frankly, because it can go very, very strongly either way. In my my biggest concern is Pat Shermer. If Pat Shermer gives Javante Williams the ball 20 times, I think the Broncos will win that game. But mm -hmm. he doesn't like giving Javante the ball, and I don't understand why. His yards yeah. after contact is insane. Like, what if he like holds on to the ball and on the sidelines? Does that count? Like when you walk I mean, around, walk around the the facility, so you don't fall. Um, you think. You think, but yeah. So it's it's more on the coaching that I just don't know what they're going to do, and I just trust that the Eagles have been such a wild card team that I think they'll cover. I think there's a matchup problem for like they don't date, but they don't do anything like too awful. And I don't think Denver. Well, they're past defense. Well, pat well, and I guess then in that case, like I don't trust the Broncos to throw the football. So yeah, I, yeah. that's where they're, they'll be okay. So yeah, I got the Eagles covering plus two and a half there. All right, last storyline right. I have is uh, good for Matt Rule and Joe Brady that they don't have to make a Sam Darnold decision because P.J. Walker is going to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future, and it scares yep. me against the potentially Colt McCoy-led Cardinals considering that defense is uh, still very, very aggressive and strong, um, and this might just be enough to get the job done against the Cardinals. I think it's a 10-point spread on that game. So yeah, rough there. And then I other big coming back, though. I don't think it's going to be Colt McCoy led. I think Murray's back. Oh, okay. He's still day to day as of right now, push. isn't he? Well, yeah, I guess on the Cardinals site, he's eyeing return for Sunday. So I'm oh. sure he is. I think that, uh, again, you take the Dak two week, uh, approach and say, let's get him right and play for the long term. Yeah. Especially after that win last week, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm, I'm sitting Kyler until, yeah, we feel like he is. He is good to go. He's not going to re-injure anything, I, especially Rams, against like yeah. a bad team. Like, why even 
why even chance it in, in Rams go Rams go down. You've got a game on them already um, yeah. with a victory head to head Seattle. And we've already talked about the 49ers going down. Um, so I think that leaves us two more games. Buffalo Jets. Everybody on Buffalo covering. Oh, yeah. Uh, do I have Buffalo? Yeah, 13. I don't like it. I know it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. The Mike White magic gets me a little bit, but I. <sighs> this man. is I don't know. This feels like a fucking game. division game. I feel like yeah. Bills are coming I think you're right. The They're gonna want to stomp on them. Yeah, the Bills sure. Bills have only won by ten plus once in the last five years against the Jets. So one out of nine. So just throwing that one out there, and then this is my favorite matchup of the week. Quite frankly, just two pitiful teams, in my opinion, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's an eight and a half point favorite. Like, ooh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. We forgot yeah. one of them, though. We forgot one. There's uh, yeah. Jags and Colts. Jags, like, Colts as well. I like the Colts, the way they've been playing. Jonathan Taylor, 10 point spread. That's where that's on your uh, edge streets. What do you think? 10 and a half. Toaster. What do Ten. you think? Colts. Yeah. It's Colts, Colts Jags. You guys got Colts, dude. I got I got Jags keeping the magic, dude. I got them covering. I got them losing, but I got them covering. Yeah, yeah sorry. Carton Wentz magic, we were man. covering all the games. Wentz. This one's not going to be a game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's you. You look down this list, and like, there's enough double digit or close to double digit games. It's like this is a rough slate. We're at a tough point in the schedule. Um, if you are a gambler. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've pretty much we've touched on every game at this point now. A- anything else, any other big storylines that stand out to you guys, uh, I guess, overall before we get out of here? No, it's going to be an interesting week. I feel like there's a lot of big, big spreads, which usually mean that there's going to be some wild upsets. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this plays out, especially with a lot of people kind of with question marks with Rogers and Chubb. And, yeah, a lot of question marks this week. Cool. All right. Well, uh, with that, we will get out of here. Thanks for listening. As always, everybody, we will post the, the graphic on Twitter as well later in the day with the picks. But um, yeah, I've what's my math now? Seven and one in the last two weeks. Uh, I'm riding high, riding high, although I really wanted that parlay, that second hit last week. But um, Jeezy, we're going to give you the last word here. Tell tell us what you got. Yeah, mute. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. No, I I, I like uh, what you guys are doing here. You guys look good on Zoom or whatever the fuck we're using here. But uh, that's it. I'm going to the cards game, so I am probably going to put my money on that 10, 10 and a half point spread and just ride high. But I'm which, also at which, the point in the which fantasy. Way? Oh, it's pretty we're key. going cards, baby, cards. I'm at the point where uh, I was talking to J Rob earlier. I was like, well, the betting site is so depressing because I'm at the point where I'm just starting to fade every decision at this point. So if my gut tells me that uh, it's pick, I'm going opposite. And yeah, don't go with your your gut. Go with John. Oh, I'm definitely going with uh, kingdom there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that will do it for us, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will... Catch you later.